0: Welcome back to Hope Through Hard Stuff. I'm so glad to have as my guest today Dave Horn. Dave is a new coach here at Winning at Home. He also has a background in spiritual direction, which I'm really excited to hear
1: you unpack for us. Dave, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's great to be here, Steve. I appreciate the invite, and uh, yeah, this is super fun for me. Dave,
0: our audience is getting familiar with coaches and what they do, but for people who are tuning in for the first time, what's a coach? How do they operate? And Why is it important to have one?
1: Yeah, coaching is, you know, relatively new still, especially in the West Michigan area, but it's really all about helping people get unstuck. So if you're in a place where you're just like, man, how do I make those first steps? How do I keep some momentum going in my life? Uh, Coaching can just be a huge help to people in whatever area they're dealing with. So, I mean, we've got some great people that deal with, you know, parenting and marriage issues, uh, but then also faith and professional and leadership kinds of issues as well. So there's a really good group here. Dave, have you benefited from coaching at any stage in your journey? Yeah, I have. Um, actually, I came to winning at home. <laughs> so it's kind of that's sort of meta or ironic, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's, it was a huge help to me in uh, some career changes I was making. and so yeah, i'm a I'm a believer. Awesome. Dave, you've got a background in spiritual direction, and there,
0: one of my one of my mentors, Todd Bolsinger, says any leader who doesn't have a spiritual director, a coach, or a counselor is practicing leadership malpractice, and that has always stuck with me, and I think most people are familiar with counseling. People are getting kind of caught up to speed on coaching, but in these parts, spiritual direction is still a, kind of a, a foreign... Typology. Talk, mm-hmm. talk a little bit about what what, so what is spiritual direction. Yeah.
1: Maybe it would be interesting just to go back a little bit because for me, there's sort of an origin story of like how I ended up here, which is, you know, a bit unexpected. But my a little bit about my, my pathway. I was a pastor for uh, nearly 25 years, so a church here in Holland and then up in Spring Lake. And then our family served as missionaries uh, for eight years, most recently. So that experience was great. It was, you know, an incredible experience, but it was also super humbling. Uh, Just if you've ever been in that situation where you're just like, oh, my goodness, I know nothing. Uh, Starting as a missionary where you don't know a language, where you have to just you know, completely go back and and relearn so much was incredibly humbling for me. Uh, And in some, you know, in some ways, it just really caused a lot of soul searching for me. Um, There was successes and and victories, but there were also uh, a whole bunch of things that felt like failure to me. And then in in addition to that, I think just um, I kind of hit my 50s and watched my adult children uh, really struggle in some ways and a lot of brokenness in those relationships. And I think that caused me, you know, those two experiences really caused me to kind of soul search and like, hey, I've been a pastor, I've been a leader, I've been a supervisor, I've been, um, yeah, a person that did a lot of things career-wise, but how can I go deeper in my faith? and that's really what kind of led me i guess to spiritual direction. So, uh spiritual direction, yeah, i mean it's maybe you've come across it like if you've read uh you know Brené Brown or Pete Scazzaro or Ruth Haley Barton, there's there's some authors right now that are talking about the importance of spiritual direction, but it's still a bit of a unknown like you said and for me uh I guess the easiest way to describe it is it's it's helping someone pay attention to that you know soul side of their of their relationship with God. What what does it mean to connect with God in a deeper way? What does it mean to move uh, for me it was a transition of moving of me working for God mm-hmm. to being friends with God if that makes sense. Yeah
0: yeah yeah. Dave, it seems like spiritual direction has a pretty proven track record in some spiritual traditions like in the catholic tradition in the yeah. anglican tradition why are why are reformed protestants
1: in west why are we late to the party yeah <laughs> well that's a good question i think uh, we we've always been a bit skeptical uh, as protestants of you know other traditions and uh yeah, and maybe even in particular as evangelicals. I mean, I definitely you know still see myself as a as a Protestant evangelical. That's my tradition. There's a lot that I celebrate uh, and lean into in that tradition, but we've ignored uh, some of the more historic uh, traditions. And spiritual direction comes out of the Catholic uh, the Catholic faith, and you know it has this really long history. Um, And and in some ways, because in in the priesthood they didn't allow women, uh, many of the first spiritual directors were were women. Hmm. Uh, You know, it was a a huge way for them to kind of be involved in pastoral uh, shepherding type of ministry, uh, but they couldn't be priests. So— I'm not really sure why, though. I mean, why we're we're late to the party, like you're saying. But I think there's a lot of energy and momentum right now to saying, wow, we are desperate uh, for some slower, uh, more contemplative, um, yeah, more historically rooted Mm -hmm. practices of our faith. We're desperate for that right now. Yeah, yeah. Dave, it seems like recently, and we've talked about this
0: with other guests on the podcast, there's been this kind of churn in Christian evangelical celebrity culture, and we don't need to name names or places, but there's no no shortage of crash and burn stories. And I'm not saying that that's all tied to people's lack of spiritual direction, but there has been this kind of thought that if somebody leads a high profile ministry and they're gifted and they're charismatic and they're talented and they have a direct line to God, we should just cut them loose to do whatever it is that they need to do. And I I hear you saying there's great value in inviting other people in Mm -hmm. through a proven process to have access to kind of the guts of our spiritual world. Is
1: is that what I'm hearing you say? Absolutely. Uh, I love the way you describe that. I mean, just... I think of so many uh, sad stories, both both personally that I know, as well as you know the ones that end up uh, you know on your Twitter feed or on Facebook or whatever. But just you know where where we've really emphasized competency above character. Hmm. Now, I mean, I'm all for competency. Let's be excellent at sure. what we do. You know, our our giftedness is super important. Our skill set is is really important. But if if the character doesn't run ahead of that, that's a real issue. And I definitely don't want to overstate like, oh, spiritual direction is the only way uh, to do that. But it is one really good way uh, to to pay attention to your character. You know, I, I don't think you can know God without really knowing yourself. And, and so if you're just kind of ignoring parts of yourself, the, the difficult parts of yourself, not paying attention to those, eventually that stuff is going to catch up with you. Dave, I heard somebody say once in the marketplace, they say, what we
0: think and feel determines what we say and what we do. Yeah. And I think that my the sense that I'm getting of spiritual direction is that it sometimes through gentle probing, and uh, kind of strategic curiosity mm-hmm. helps us discern maybe where our view of God is cracked or warped or torn. Yeah. And then how how that affects how we view ourselves and our calling and
1: others. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Steve, you would be a great candidate for <laughs> spiritual direction. <laughs> I, the word that you used is so perfect, uh, getting curious, you yeah. know. Um I, I just think that's such a big part of spiritual direction is a good spiritual director is super curious and is gonna probe and is gonna ask good questions and is gonna uh, slow the conversation down. I mean, so often we don't have slow conversations. We want quick fixes. We want things to, you know, move ahead really rapidly. And in spiritual direction, it's really more about pumping the brakes, um, having a long, slow conversation uh, rather than something super fast to just find the answer. So, uh, you know, yeah, a good spiritual director is curious and, and someone receiving direction. I think, you know, we really want them to discover, discover for themselves, you know, as a spiritual director. Yeah, there's times where I kind of lean into my pastoral experience and teach something, but for the most part, I want the Holy Spirit to be the the teacher. Uh, you know, I, I we call ourselves spiritual directors, but actually it's the Holy Spirit that's doing the directing. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm just setting the stage and providing the space and the uh yeah, the 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 kind of questions that that can lead to someone really discovering for themselves and hearing the Spirit's voice in their lives, maybe for the first time. So Dave, when you decided that you wanted to get spiritual direction, how did that process start? Okay, that's pretty funny because honestly, I had I had read several books on spiritual direction and I was like, I, I would really like to experience this myself. So I Googled. Sorry, I wish I had some like, you know, God just told me or in a dream or a vision. But honestly, I Googled and I just looked for, you know, reputable people in the area, uh, did a little research, kind of found out, started making some contacts and and connecting with a few folks. And that led me to uh, the person that I'm meeting with currently. And how long have you been meeting with that person? What, what rhythms do you have? Yeah. You know, typically spiritual direction is, is more of a monthly rhythm. Uh, at the beginning, sometimes it can be helpful, I think, to, to go more often uh, as you're starting the process. Uh, but, but because you're not necessarily trying to fix a problem, uh, there's more of a, a slow and steady pace to it that's monthly so yeah i've been meeting with my spiritual director for oh just over a year now and it's been so good i i I mean just to have a space in my spiritual rhythm that's my time where i can go and bring uh whatever it is that's on my heart you know sometimes it's just normal life stuff and frustration sometimes it's talking about prayer sometimes it's grieving a loss I I mean it can just be any number of things but he's super skilled at helping me see where is God at in the midst of that and how do I lean into my faith how do I discover new ways that God wants to meet me in those daily experiences so for me it's been it's been really transformational Dave, can you talk about a time
0: where you felt stuck and there was a theme or a question or a thought that over the course of months helped you find some traction?
1: Yeah, great question. Boy, you know, it's amazing what you go through in just a year, Um, but yeah, this past year, I guess one thing that stands out to me is the loss of my, my father. Um, He had had dementia, so it had been kind of a long, a long goodbye. Mm. Um, But that acuteness when he passed of grieving and then having someone to walk with me through that was transformational in the way that I I just felt like um, I wasn't good at grieving. I had never really grieved well i'm the kind of person that just moves on you right. know like right something bad happens and you're just like well i'm just going to get over it i'm going to work harder i'm not going to slow down and really allow that experience to touch me deeply um i don't know you know, how familiar uh, you or your listeners are with the Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram seven, which means I just like, you know, go faster. And, uh, you know, I like to think about the future. I don't like, I don't do sad. Right. You're not skilled. You're skilled at pain avoidance. Oh, exactly. (laughs) I'm awesome at that. (laughs) Uh, So, but in, in spiritual direction, it was so good to slow down and just have someone ask me about my dad, uh, bring out those memories, uh, allow myself to grieve. And, yeah, I'm still in the middle of that. Like, that's not something you just do quickly. But I feel like for the first time in my life, I'm learning to grieve. I'm learning to sit with hard things. And I'm experiencing God's presence in the midst of that. Mm. And that is what we all are desperate for, is God's presence. Presence in the midst of
0: our mess. So good. Dave, I was at a conference with some friends last month, and we were, t- we were talking about grief, and one of them was doing uh, a funeral in an urban area where a young person had died as an act of violence. And he said it was so frustrating because one of the pastors who was speaking wanted to skip grief and go straight to celebration. Mm. And he's like, here's yeah. a 16-year-old kid who was, who was gunned down. Yeah. He's like we don't we don't we don't do celebration yet. We have to do lament first. Yeah. We have to mourn first. We have to grieve first. And Absolutely. I think that there are a lot of us. We just nobody's coached us through that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, again, not to stereotype Midwestern Protestants. Yeah, but we. Pull up our bootstraps and just keep trucking. Yeah. Like that is like not our thing. W- the generation that, that raised our generation. It was survived yeah. the Great War or the Great Depression and it's just like life is hard, boo hoo. Right. Get over it. Yeah. And uh, you know, that is a testament to their grit and their resilience. That wasn't all bad. Right. But maybe the the broken Tradition or the thinking that was handed down to us is like, hey, don't be present or attuned to all of your emotions because God has already passed that. Yeah. Like he's doing other things and you just have to catch
1: up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really true. And the, the problem with that is, I mean, in the short run, in the short run, that might work. That might feel like it works, but it doesn't help us become more loving people. Yeah. And I, I think that's the real issue. Uh you know, can we skip through life without grieving and sadness and lament? Yes. Will we become a more empathetic, loving person? No. Right. W- we won't. And, and and so that's the issue for me is you know, and again, not the not the only way, but spiritual direction can be a beautiful pathway for people to slow down, deal with their stuff. Um You know, learn to get in touch with those more difficult emotions and come out on the other side as a more loving, engaged person. Yeah, yeah. Dave, somebody once said to me there, like, a lot of times we
0: have questions for God, but we forget that God has questions for us. Hmm. And it seems like spiritual direction can provide a place for us to. To attune our minds and our spirits to to the probing questions, the inquiries that the Holy Spirit yeah. wants us to be wrestling with—not to not to harm us or shame us—but yeah. to stretch us
1: and, and grow us. Has that been your experience? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, uh, you know, sometimes we use this this phrase. We're, you know, we're we're helping people pay attention to what they're paying attention to. So. You know, helping them kind of go a little bit deeper to say, you know, where is it that my thoughts go? Where is it that, you know, the the inner conversation that's happening inside me, where where does that dwell? And I, I think that really helps us develop a stronger faith. You know, we're hearing God's voice in the stillness. You know, I love that story from the Old Testament. You know, did, did you did you hear God from the from the fire, from the wind, or from the? You know, no, it was in the it was in the silence that I experienced God's presence. And right. I think without that quiet in our lives, uh, it's really difficult to hear God's voice. Yeah. Dave, if,
0: if somebody's listening to this show right now and they go, you know what? I'm I'm curious. I, I'm game. I feel like I feel like I'm stuck. I've I've got a great counselor. I benefit from that relationship, but spiritual direction is something I think I might benefit from. Yeah. How does it work? They call Winning at Home. They say they want spiritual
1: direction. They show up on day one. What happens? Yeah. No. No. That's that's a really good question. And I, and I would just say if you're out there and you're like, hey, I'm kind of hungry for renewal in my relationship with God. Oh, my goodness. Yes, that would be you'd be a great candidate. You know, are, are you someone who's just kind of grown a little tired of of the, the formula or the quick fix? Uh, again, great candidate for spiritual direction or or anyone who's just worn out on religion and wanting to move, you know, like like I mentioned in my case, you know, wanting to move from working for God. To being with God, yeah, you yeah. know, I, I think that's the kind of person that would really benefit, and and a spiritual direction really feels like a slow, purposeful conversation. Um, so that might not sound uh, dramatic, but it's amazing how transform you know transformational that is. You know, when we really sit down and pay attention uh, to those things, uh, it can be. Super transformational. So off, often, I start when we when we have a session. Um, I start with silence because I want to invite the Holy Spirit to be there and to be the one that's leading and guiding the conversation. Um, you know, we can go in any direction that that the person wants to. It's it's their time, which I yeah. think is something really special. It's it's not like I'm saying, well, here here's the plan that we need to go through. No, it's it's the person's bringing what, what whatever it is that the Holy Spirit's bringing to the surface. That's where we're gonna spend uh, spend our time. And I might introduce a a practice. I might you know say, hey, it might be helpful for you to try this over the next month. But oftentimes, it really is that slow, purposeful conversation where people are experiencing uh, a new way to think about their relationship with God and a new way to practice that as well. Dave, I know every
0: client is different, and I know your sessions are confidential. Generically, are there there themes that you see bubbling up across the board in this kind of unique moment that we find ourselves in?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, in fact, Steve, you, I think you brought it up earlier. Um, just that idea of really changing someone's perception of who God is. You know, for whatever reason, we just pick up. Well, this is kind of what God is like, whether it's from our parents, or a pastor, or something we read, or just the culture around us. And so a lot of times, I feel like one of of the first things the Holy Spirit does when we begin to slow down and have these kind of purposeful conversations is a new image of who God is, what He's really like, emerges. Yeah. And that can create a, a real sense of closeness and intimacy that we haven't experienced before. When we identify, hey, wow, I think I'm viewing God this way. Why is that? And that that does not seem to line up with scripture. It doesn't seem to line up with what the Holy Spirit's saying to me is in, in, in the quiet. Yeah. And and that begins to change. And so I, I think that's probably one of the most dramatic is is seeing God in a new way. Other people, I guess I've just, you know, I'm thinking about a, a woman I've been meeting with who is really just struggling with her faith, you know, yeah. just, you know, some people call it deconstructing. I would call it reconstruction, sure. sure, you know, but she, you know, she grew up and, and just kind of picked up some things along the way. And so for her to just have this tenderness in her faith and in her relationship with God that that really is completely new for her, has been really beautiful to watch. Um, I've got another person that comes to mind who, you know, leads a nonprofit and just is dealing with all kinds of huge issues uh, in their work life. Yeah, And having a space where they come and bring those things before God, bring those things before uh, someone they know and trust, has been really, really helpful to them. I mean, there's such, a, in ministry in general, I think there's such a high burnout rate, especially oh, sure. if it's something so people-intensive. Oh, yeah. And and I would say that's been a really big issue for them is just having a sense of, like, God is with me in the midst of all this, and he's faithful and trustworthy, and that's what's going to sustain me for the long run. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm so glad to hear you say that because I think that for people like you and I who did you know 20 years plus of local church ministry there are people I I had always been taught by kind of my faith heroes that you plant the church when you're twenty five and you pastor that church until you die like yeah. that's what obedience and growth looks like right. and when I realized that that wasn't going to be my story I'm like oh what am, what am I doing wrong or like how did I how did yeah. I betray God or where am I failing and having some trusted voices come alongside and say yeah. like maybe if i got to i got to a point where like leaving church ministry at least for a season
1: yeah. was
0: the best thing that i could do for my soul and yeah. that sounded so counterintuitive right but sometimes you just you, it was it was super helpful to have voices like similar to yours say like all right just zoom out yeah. what, what what do you think god is trying to say and i yeah. was just meeting with a friend yesterday he's like i i feel like i'm doing really good at ministry and i feel like it's causing a really a really great cost at home, mm. and for uh, me to be able to say, like, maybe, maybe it doesn't have to be that
1: way. Yeah, but yeah. if it is,
0: cho- choose your soul and your home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. First, like, there, there are other ways to pay the bills.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I one of the things I love doing uh, in just the work that God's calling me to right now is meeting with pastors and missionaries. Yeah. Because I feel like, I mean, this sounds really strange, but I feel like I get to preach the gospel to pastors and missionaries, which we need to hear that, right? As Christian leaders, it's like we need to hear the gospel. We need to receive the gospel. And if we're just giving it out all the time and not receiving it, that's, I mean, that's, incredibly depleting exhausting and gets us to burn out super fast
0: right right and i got i got to a point in my life where where i had asked myself this question is like if i wouldn't do what i'm doing for free yeah should i be doing it vocationally yeah like am i doing it out of the joy of doing it or am i am i just gutting out the drudgery out of some weird sense of of guilt and duty
1: yeah i mean i just think of We've kind of been talking about pastors and leaders, but I just think our culture in general right now, I mean, the the busyness, the loneliness, so many people wounded, you know, the polarized nature of the the culture we live in, just the isolation, the disconnected, having a space in your life, whether that's with a trusted friend, a counselor, a coach, a spiritual director, having that space is super important. Yeah. where you're able to be vulnerable, you're able to let down your guard, you're able to yeah, share your joys but also your sorrows and invite God's presence into that mix, I can't think of anything more valuable than that. So I, I, guess, I, I guess I'm guess i sort of pleading with some of your listeners, like, you yeah. know, if you're out there going like, ah, this feels like such a commitment and the cost and the time and the energy and, you know, oh my goodness, this is like so, so worth it and so important.
0: Yeah, yeah. Dave, I love the fact that you touched briefly on people who are, are feeling a little bit cynical and are tempted towards being jaded towards church and their experience. And it's not that it's not that they're turning away from God, but they read all the books and they went to all the conferences yeah. and they tied their 10% and they led the small group. They yeah. served twice on Sunday and it it. They did it for years Mm -hmm. and there still feels like there's this, there's this hole. Yeah. Like that, like it wasn't enough. And we did all the things that all the people told us that we were supposed to do. And it just feels like it's lacking. Yeah. And I I hear some people getting really disillusioned by that. And I hear you saying, Hey, that, that could be really the, yes, it's sad because Mm -hmm. there is a grieving that certain things didn't fit the bill that they were advertised to fit. But at the, in other ways, deep disappointment
1: is fertile ground for God to do good work. That mirrors my own story so well. You know, that that kind of uh, just that sense of like, oh, I've done all the things and I still feel empty. Yeah. You know, a, as a leader, I mean, I, it just my shelf is full, right, of all the leadership books I read, all the conferences I went to, and really good things. I I do not want to disparage some of what I learned and experienced, and I I take those things with me. But in the end, if they don't lead to a a more uh, robust, deep connection with Jesus— then there's a problem because the formulas don't always work. Right. (laughs) You know, as a missionary in particular, it was like, man, beating my head against the wall at times. And but that was the fertile soil like you're talking about, like when the bottom drops out and when there's the sense of this is not working. Boy, that is such the ripe place for God to step in and uh, and create the conditions for a, a really deep connection with him. And, and that's something that I'm, you know, a, as an old guy now, it's like, oh, I'm enjoying that so much uh, that, that I can have a close connection with Jesus on a daily basis. I love that you said that, Dave. And one of the things I appreciate about the idea of spiritual direction
0: is that there are some spiritual questions that I don't, I don't feel comfortable asking my pastor. Mm-hmm. Or there are some life wounds that I don't know that I would bring up in small groups. So yeah. even though, like, there are, you know, wise and godly and caring people around me, sometimes it's really helpful to have somebody outside of the circle
1: who's yeah, got, like, sure. a
0: purely objective lens to say, have you thought about this? Have you... Con- considered this, somebody who's not like kind of tied into some of the power dynamics of family and church and work and all the other things. Absolutely. Who's just got a clear set of lenses who would say, hey, have you considered this? Yeah. Or have you thought about this?
1: Yeah, I really think that's true. And, and for me, I, I totally can relate to that. You know, it was so helpful for me to go to someone that, that I didn't know at all. And uh, I found that I could reach a level of honesty and vulnerability that was hard to do with someone that I had a lot of history with. Yeah. So for sure, I can relate to that.
0: Dave Paul says that physical training is of some value, but godliness is of, like, immensely greater value. Yeah. And there are a lot of us who— would spend investment of time, energy, and money in getting a physical therapist or getting a personal trainer or getting a masseuse or getting a nutrition coach. Like we'll, we'll, we'll make those investments. Yeah. But sometimes it seems like the the last thing to get our energy and our attention is our, is our inner world, our Mm -hmm. interior life, our Mm -hmm. kind of spiritual longings. And
1: I hear you saying,
0: don't, don't wait any longer than you have to.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, don't don't shortchange yourself. And and I think the you know just the, those things that you brought up. Th- those things do have a visible result, right? Sure. Like, man, if I really give myself to nutrition and exercise, geez, within six months, th- there there can be a pretty dramatic change. But I think with our soul, uh, you know, it, it's not always immediately visible, but I think internally there is a peace, a sense of quiet confidence that comes over us, a joy, uh, a, a increase in the fruit of the Spirit. And those closest to us are will notice. Yeah. You know the, those things will will show up and I think in the in the long run uh I love what you're saying like pay attention to that. You know give yourself uh, especially for a season give yourself to really growing and developing your soul. Yeah, cuz you could
0: spend a week reading a book on anger or you could spend a year talking to a director about yeah. what it is that might be making you angry. Yeah. And probably get dramatically different results. Yeah, I think so. Dave, if somebody
1: wants to get a hold of you
0: and start their journey towards spiritual direction, what what could they do today?
1: Uh, you can go on the website uh, to Winning at Home. You can call the office as well, and they can connect you. Um, I've got a really simple way for people to make an appointment, so they can you know look at my calendar and figure out a slot that's open for them. I've even got thirty minute times that are just free. So if you're like, oh, I kind of kind of want to come in and meet. Sure. You know, meet me and hear more about it. Do that. I, I think that's super important. It's, it's almost like we we've got to discover if we have that connection. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think that's super important. So I would just say, take that first step, you know, go on the website, call the office and set up that uh, that 30 minute free time slot. And let's start the journey. I, I really look forward to connecting with anyone Who's uh, who's hungry? Whether you've got doubts, uh, whether you you know've got questions, whether you have been a Christian for a long time or it's brand new, it really uh, spiritual direction can be super helpful anywhere on that spectrum. Perfect.
0: Thanks so much for joining me today, Dave. The website that you mentioned is winningathome.com. You can get, find Dave's information there. And again, you got nothing to lose in setting up a 30 minute introductory session for free. You've been listening to Hope Through Hard Stuff. Thanks so much for being a part of our conversation. We'll catch you next time.
1: Thanks for listening to Hope Through the Hard Stuff. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe to it, rate and review it, and then share it with others. Winning at Home offers hope through counseling and coaching, motivational speaking, community events, and other media resources. If you believe in what we do and want to support us in our mission, consider making a donation at winningathome.com.